All right, welcome back, No Means Nerds, to a special bonus episode of the No Means No Thing, No Means Nothing, No Means No Thing podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have invited Greg from the Propagandy podcast onto our show. He is a big fan of No Means No, at least uh, he claims to be such. We'll figure that out tonight, I guess. We're going to test him. uh, we've been communicating with Greg since, uh, the beginning of the podcast. And he is, uh, as a fellow podcaster, um, someone I've been really, really interested in, in talking with. And I cannot wait to dive into that more with him and talk and geek out about no means no in a sort of extended listener interview. Uh, so we're really excited to do this. I guess we should introduce ourselves. This is, uh, as you probably already know, Jordan. I'm Matthew. Michelle here. And and Greg, why don't you go ahead and say hi for us? Hey, everybody. It's nice to be here. Yay! Hey, Greg. And Greg, since I think you've probably listened to a few of our episodes, uh, you know that we like to play a game called, what are you drinking? And so mm. I'm going to let you go first, Greg. What, what are you drinking today? So it is a school night, and my very young child has to wake up extremely early tomorrow, and we're already pushing our luck here with our time here tonight. So I am currently drinking a nice, hydrating orange pineapple sparkling water from the Western New York Grocery Institution known as Wegmans, which That's I right. know that... Hmm. Yeah, Michelle, I mean, you, you've already oh, got my I back on this. I missed my Wegmans. I still so, have um, Wegmans excellent. Shoppers Club card. What kind of vodka are you put in there, then? <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, none tonight, but I did try those. Uh, if it was not a school night, I may have tried one of those high noon vodka seltzer beverages for the evening. So I've been, I've had nice. a couple of those recently, and they're delicious. Nice, nice. Yeah. nice. Well, I'm boring. I got tea, so that's that's me. You can skip right over. Unfortunately, it's also school night for me, and lots of drama in the house today. So I'm not having anything to drink. Uh, Michelle, what about you? Oh, I'm gonna not have tea or fizzy pop. I'm gonna have. There we go. Ooh, <laughs> but that was a fizzy and a pop. So I, was, I, I begged to differ. Would you go off? God damn it. Was oh, that a Guinness? You got a Guinness there? Oh, yeah, I got a Guinness. Awesome. Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, the second I you said a f- widget, I was like, oh my gosh, a widget. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the baseline. That's the baseline. I gotta, I gotta get a, a harp, uh, a little harp sound on the soundboard here. So every time you pop one open, we can do this. Oh heart. God! Just yesterday, a friend sent me a melodica. I should go up and go. Oh hell go yeah! Upstairs and get it. God, well, not right now, but for next no, episode, no, no. I demand it. Time. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Matthew, do you got one choice for us today? Or are we doing some sort of uh, pick? The, hey, well, you know what's interesting is uh, there's three of you now. So uh, instead of you guys <laughs> having to fight over which one or gang up on me, um, you guys have to uh, agree um, or Uh-oh. like two, two, two to one. Yeah, so, that's right. So I've got, I had this last time, I had the Tough Session Ale from uh, Tofino uh, mm. Brewing Company. Uh, that's not the one with the surfboard on it, is it? That's the one with the surfboard on it. Yeah, yeah, Holy it's right out. Holy shit, how did you remember that? What are you, yeah. freak? Like, yeah. Whoa. And I've got the Four Winds, I've had this one before, uh, Nectaris uh, Dry Hopped Sour. Ooh, I love that looking. Look sour? at that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sour okay, so I'm really uh, I'm really torn here because I have surfed in Tofino and <gasps> Uclulet. 
Ah, I've been wow. I've been to both of those towns, and I slept in that campground halfway in between both of them. Uh huh. And so I'm very tempted to tell you to drink the Tofino beer, but I'm also a very large fan of sours, so I'm going to go with the sour. All yeah, right. guest ru- guest rules. I think here. I don't think we get to vote. Okay. I think when we yeah, invite a guest on, they get to decide. So, so it has been are? spoken. All right. Very nice. All right. Pop it open. Take a taste. Uh, everyone at home, do the same. You know the drill. Whether you're on the toilet Slunch or out it. in the backyard in front of a uh, in front of the campfire, take a slug. If you're so, in Tofino, we're sorry. Oh, yeah, delightful. Yeah. For now, that'll probably come back up. Actually, next Greg, time. have you ever heard the song by a Canadian band called The Planet Smashers called "Surfing in Tofino"? I have actually. Uh-huh. I know the Planet Smashers. I think I've, I saw them live one time, and it might have been with the Flatliners, but I'm not entirely sure. But I do like the Planet Smashers. They're a great band. Oh, nice. man, Cana- your Canadian indie cred is, uh, is like rising, in my opinion. Rising, <laughs> rising. I, mean, yeah. I also lived in Saskatoon for over two years. So Holy fuck. Yeah, so you may be maybe. more Canadian than I am. Yeah, <laughs> because it was uh, I did grad school at the University of Saskatchewan. Oh, nice. So, oh yeah. wow, hell yeah, yeah, that's great. Nice, nice. I'm sure you go to St. Catharines all the time. I do so because ad- it's it's oh. ten minutes away. Yeah, it's it's, it's ten Jesus, minutes for me. Jordan, let's just leave, man. These guys are just gonna. Yuck I know they're gonna there. have a love fest. We'll just My leave this God. turned on and uh, go, go Canada crazy in an hour. here. Go Canada crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love well, it, Matthew. It's usually two Americans against one Canadian, so it's nice to uh, to balance out the the energy here a bit. I'm so, at least ha- I'm, I'm I'm at least seventy five percent American, but I you know like fortunately I've been able to go around the world a little bit, so it's been kind of a, a, an enlightening experience, and I kind of feel a little more worldly than my St. Louis, Missouri f- suburban roots. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, you know, now that you've uh, revealed that you've spent some time in Saskibush, uh, yeah. then that might explain that why you know a prairie band from Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Unraveling the Soden here. I'm a yeah. super yeah. fan. So I'm a super fan. I don't fan. know shit about Dick. Something nope. happened to me when I was a kid that just made me obsessed with this uh, this one pot, this one band from Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, and uh, it's just never been the same ever since. You know what I mean? Wow. Nice. Well, we feel the same about Nomi's No, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and uh, clearly, exactly. right? We were all motivated to start fan casts, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, right? Because mm-hmm. I definitely sure. want to dive into that. But let's 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 go back to the beginning. I, right. One of the things we like to talk to people that we interview, or you know, we've been asking listeners to send in, uh, send in to us. I, I know for myself, I'm always fascinated in people's origin story for No Means mm-hmm. No. How, how did you come across them? What did you first hear? What were your impressions? What, what's that? What's that story? So in 1998, I was in a band in St. Louis. And I was the drummer for the band, and we found a guy who recorded local bands in his basement with like a 16-track a uh, board in his basement. He sort of like built a studio in his house, and he was super cheap for recording and engineering. It was like 17, 18 bucks an hour, which, wow. you know, when, when you're a kid in the 90s, that sounds like a ton, but when you think about actually recording music, that's a really great deal. So we went for it, and... We just asked the guy questions, you know, every day while we were in his house for the weekend. And we're like, oh, what's your favorite bands? Because he was like 26, which in our minds at that time was like ancient because we were like 14 <laughs> and 15. And he goes, oh, my favorite band is No Means No. And I had no idea who that was. But I remember it like it was yesterday when he said that. And because the very next day I went to the Vintage Vinyl, which is uh, the record store just 
you know, that I would always go and buy all my punk CDs at. And I bought one. So I bought the No Means No Record one. Um, and maybe, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I, I'm mistaking this already. Um, so I knew about the band. But th- we're talking about the late 90s here. And I think one came out in 2000, didn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay. So a couple of years later, I was at the Vintage Vinyl. And I bought one. And I took it out to my car. And I put it in. And I was like, I absolutely hate this CD. I hated it so much. It was... I was like... I was like, this is... That guy's high. I was like, this is that guy's favorite band. (laughs) And so I was was infuriated because, you know, buying a CD when you're 16 uh, and having it not... It's an investment. It is, man. And people talk about this on podcasts all the time. But when you spend $17 on something when you're 16... That's yeah. your CD for like the the month. You know what I mean? All right, yep. right, yeah. And so you know, Graveyard Shift comes money. on, yeah, and like the the Miles Davis cover. I did not understand it because I was like listening to Bad Religion and like No Effects and stuff like that. So the, the CD <laughs> is made me. Like, what is this? this? This made no sense to me. So I hated it, and I listened to it one time. Like this really sucks. So I was really <laughs> disappointed. And I was so mad. Um, but I was also 16. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really yeah. understand yeah. what was happening. I didn't, and I didn't have any conception of this band's history at that point. No, that's a difficult entry point, I think, right. frankly. Yeah. One that's yeah. not a great, yeah. uh, it's an interesting so, entry point. Yeah. Maybe fast forward, very, like, I just, like, I can't even imagine a worse entry point for, for me personally, knowing my tastes in music. Like, right. I like rippers and bangers, you know what I mean? Like, I like, like, metal, and I like propaganda and, like, bad religion and stuff like that. So, it was really tough for me, and I gave up on it immediately. Uh, I didn't put any effort into it. I just went back to what I was listening to before, and I just let this CD languish on my shelf forever. So, then... Fast forward nine years, Ooh, and I'm this living. This is gonna get good. I was like, I'm, and I'm living in England. It is 2008, and I get a job teaching at a school in the UK. So the first day I'm there, this teacher walks in, and he's like, "Hey, you like music?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> did you say it like that? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, I'm John. You like music?" And I'm like, oh my "Yeah." God. And so John and I like bonded immediately and uh, he was like telling me all the bands that he liked and he was just like listing off bands like Shellac and the Mountain Goats and, you know, tons of other stuff and like Atmosphere. And then he said No Means No was his favorite hardcore band of all time. I was like, dude, No Means No sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, I don't know what you are talking about. Exactly. So he was enraged immediately. (laughs) My God. Okay, and that's this isn't even really that long ago. So we're talking just 2021 right now. We're talking 2008. So No Means No had had their entire career basically to this point. <laughs> and I'm just, I had heard one CD and I'm just like dismissing them totally to this man who is, you know, 10 years older than me, wants to be my friend, is trying to help me learn like my new job in life in the UK. And I just like totally slammed his favorite band right off the bat. Mm. And um, so he's like, dude. No Means No sucks. Yeah, he's like, he's like, dude, come over today. So I went over to his house after school, and we <laughs> we we listened to the entire discography, like oh, all fuck. the way through. And he just he started with Mama, 
and he went all, <laughs> all the way through. Holy shit, we gotta get this guy on too. Yeah, you yeah, you Jesus. really do. He's he's fabulous. Um, he's actually the bass player of an incredible UK indie rock band called Lazarus Clamp, who are sort of like underground cult uh, darlings in UK indie music. They've been a band since like 1993. And they have like 10 records out and they've been playing shows for years and years. But my friend John is the bass player for them. And so he showed me the entire No Means No discography. And we were like drinking beer the whole time. And like, yeah. I think we, like we, we stopped to like get um, like a curry takeout at one point. And at the end of it, he's like, um, th- th- so what do you think? And I'm like, well, this is clearly one of the best bands of all time. And I'm a total <laughs> moron. There you go. He, he clockwork so, oranged your ass for sure. Oh, faux gras, whatever that duck is that you shove that stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So he really, he schooled me and I needed it because what I realized was just how special this band is and how like incredible their body of work was and how much of an idiot I was for being so dismissive. And then I thought back to that guy in the late nineties in St. Louis who said that no means no was his favorite band. And I was like, I get it now, but when I first heard them, I was 16, and then I heard them again when I was like 27, and it just clicked in a totally new way. And that's my origin story for finding and becoming uh, a massive fan of No Means No, was these, wow. these couple of pivotal experiences of dismissing two them. To, 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 two people to... And the Shove reason I wound, yeah, I mean, and the reason I wound up with one as the record is because that was the only CD or vinyl right. that that the, vintage yeah. vinyl had in stock at yeah. the time because it was their yeah. brand new one, and it, it can't. I must have gotten it really close to the release date in two thousand as well because I was that right. was about right when I got it. Right. Wow, yeah. awesome! And you know that's I, I, the story makes total sense because the in the sense that. You know, no means no fans, as I've often found, <clears throat> are real fanatics. So I can imagine that guy, he, that guy hearing you say that, he's like, nope, I'm on a fucking mission now. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no way yeah. I'm going to let you get away with saying that. You're going <laughs> to look over to my house. Ever done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hold, yeah. hold my uh, beer. We're, we're doing this. Come over so to this, my house. This little fellow needs a no means mentor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like... And he had all of the original alternative press vinyl. He's got wow. like ten, he's got like five or ten thousand. He's got like five thousand pieces of vinyl in his house. Like we're talking Aww. about a, a serious music obsessive person. Mm. And he had all of the original pressings. So we just went one by one by one through the entire discography on vinyl in his living room. And it was just a transformative <laughs> evening for me. Hmm. That's amazing. That's I wonder amazing. what his strategy might have been if he was trying to get you into cardiacs instead. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. He, but he became one of my best friends. I mean, that's so, so great. This is a person that I like respect and keep in touch with to this day, even though we live far oh apart. God, we're still I, friends. Did you tell him what you're doing? Does he know you're on this thing? No, he doesn't. But he knows that he listens to the podcast, though. So he might actually hear this without <laughs> even telling don't him. Don't oh, that's tell good. Him. Don't tell him. Let don't him tell him, and then he'll hear. Hi, you. out oh, there, and thank you very awesome. much for introducing Greg to. Uh, I told to, him to no means no. I told him about the podcast, so nice. I, it is because of me that he knows about this podcast. Nice. Oh shit! That's mm-hmm. excellent. Comes that's excellent. Full circle. Mm-hmm. That's so great. now we have somebody from Laz- Lazarus Clamp coming on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you really, I mean, he he's fantastic. And he can tell you his version of events from the best of his recollection as well. And well, yeah, that would be. I'd love to hear the I'd love to hear the other side of this story. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. I was planning on killing him. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I invited <laughs> him over to my house. <laughs> I converted him. He's like, this kid says he likes punk rock and he hates no means no. This is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But he brought a six pack, so. (laughs) (laughs) And he always had the best, he always had the best English ales, too. We drank ESB like all the time. And he's just one of my best friends of all time. And I'm just grateful to him to this day. Otherwise, I still would have been dismissive of this band, um, who is one of the greatest uh, bands ever, um, not just from Canada, but from anywhere in the world. Agreed. 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 So, I mean, that kind of dovetails in, and, you know, you've already kind of, talk about this a little bit but what what is it about no means no that that makes you say that right that makes you <clears throat> say that they're one of the greatest bands of all time what do, what do they mean to you in that sense what's what's special about this is like things? a job interview this question it is you yeah realize this? i know that's I know. a and you know, question. you know and it's not it's not always answerable <laughs> frankly yeah. it's not really answerable but sometimes so, it is so to me the the really unique thing about this band is the fact that the rhythm section is the lead instrumentation for the band. Um this is something that is really rare within punk rock and like if you think about another band like the descendants where the bass is always coming through really really clearly but that the guitar is also like super ripping all the time like the the purposeful decision of this band to have the bass be like the out front lead instrument to me is really something that stands alone within the genre. Cause you can think about a band like Primus or whatever, but really no means no is like the pinnacle of doing the bass as the lead instrument within punk yeah. and hardcore. Um, I mean, shellac is really good about that as well, but like mm-hmm. there's no, but like shellac doesn't have the energy and the drive that, uh, that no means no tends to have. So no means no is far more within my wheelhouse of a band that really just rages, um, but also has that bass as the lead instrument. So that's kind of like the, the sound aspect that brings me into it. And the fact that, Rob as a vocalist is so special and unique among vocalists because I came of age in an era in music when vocalists were like, like the early two thousands were like, like the height of like emo and stuff like that. So bands were trying to sing super high. All of the vocals were really soaring and really Mm. like, like AFI, Newfound Glory, bands like this. Everybody's trying to hit the very, very top of their vocal range all the time. And then you have this guy come in like Rob (laughs) and he's way down there. And it's just (laughs) such that it's seriously, it's such a stark contrast to um, a lot of the, the trends and the sounds that were being, you know, sort of like bombarding me within popular music and pop punk and like emo in the early 2000s and then to have this total contrast of being this band has the bass as the lead instrument and this singer's voice is so deep that you won't hear anything else like this within the genre so that's mm-hmm. near like a couple of the things that really stand out to me about so you're band. a bass guy and not a treble guy I, yeah i mean kind of like i grew up as a drummer so like yeah yeah, yeah. i I have like a special relationship with bass because, you know, if you have a good rhythm section, like I would always be looking at the bass player and the band that I was playing with because he and I were always like trying to like keep my kick drum and his bass strumming patterns aligned. So like, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think, and then I also think about a band like hot water music where the bass and the drums are super, uh, are super like speaking to each other in a way. So 
that's kind of like the the way that that no means no kind of clicks with me as a listener as well. It's very is very uh, the beat. Well, nice. welcome, Gregory. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of John? I mean, you've been talking about Rob a lot, but what do you think about John? Did you ever like hone on him and and just like you know I'm yeah. not worthy kind of shit? Oh, like, he he's ridiculous, like unbelievable. Um. His drumming is so special that the three times that I was able to see No Means No live, I like, I was blown away by the fact that John's drum set was set up right at the edge of the stage. Right. Because I would just go and stand against the stage. Yeah, you would. In front of John. And so That's my I, I've been, I've been three <laughs> feet from, from John Wright three times and I was fortunate enough to have those three times before they, they called it a day, but I was very, very late to this band, like embarrassingly late, but I I'm willing to own that shame. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> oh, there's no shame. You came no around shame. now. I yep. did. Come on. Now. I did. I, I needed to hit a certain age though, before I could appreciate sure. what this band was doing. I wasn't sure. ready for it when, when it first hit me and I came in at the wrong entry point, but like, but I've, I love John's drumming. I think he's unbelievable and he's, He's a standout player. I mean, just mm. you really can't get much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no means no one, no means no one again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, God, Matthew. <laughs> so yeah, we got our resident dad joke. So do you, um, <clears throat> you've said you've gotten to see him a couple of times. Do you yeah. have any no means no stories or any gigs that you particularly remember that you'd want to opine about? Yeah, absolutely. So my friend, John, that, showed me all of no means no right um he was always keeping a lookout for for gigs in london and then he would say we're going to see this festival called all tomorrow's parties or and then he would be like oh we're gonna go see that mastodon show where they're gonna play crack the sky in their entirety like he would drag me to all these shows because he had the car and i was just this guy living in london like as like this you know this person living abroad but He's like, oh, hey, No Means No is coming in July, and I already bought tickets, so we're going. Oh, my <laughs> God. Nice. What a and, Yeah, that's a good and friend. And I was like, oh, my God. So we go to the show, and it was on July 26th, 2009 at mm. Dingwalls, which is a tiny little club in London. And so they come out, and there was an opener. I don't really remember much about it, um, but the opener. But the band comes out, and they're, they opened up with old and it was really awesome. And John had never heard it before because it was on the tour EPs that weren't quite ah. out yet. And so he was like, whoa, a new song. And he, and he was like, oh, it sounds like that record that you hate. He's like, this could have been on one. <laughs> and then he like, record you hate. And then he just grilled me about it, which was all in good fun. But, you know, then they go into Valley of the Damned and it just took take the set takes off from there. And so two thirds of the way through the show, Tom has an asthma attack. The room. Oh, yeah. The I, think room I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah. So the room it was, was totally smoky and stuff. Really hot. It was insanely hot. It was late yeah. July and it was obscenely yeah, hot, uh, very mm -hmm. unseasonably hot for London. There's mm -hmm. no central air in the building. And mm -hmm. so two thirds of the way through the show, Tom has like an asthma attack and he starts apologizing in the microphone. He's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So Tom basically runs out of the club. Holy shit. And Rob and John look at each other and then they break into kill everyone now. 
as a duo. <laughs> it's so and great. It was. It was boner time, is what it was. It was. It is arguably my favorite live performance that I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, is wow. is is them playing Kill Everyone Now as a two piece? Um, because man, Rob turned his bass up and <laughs> like it was just it was punishing i mean it was like seeing it was a kind of like a it kind of felt like in my internal organs were vibrating like a dinosaur junior show or like a motorhead show where it's just hurts like everything inside you is shaking around <laughs> and that's what and that's what it was like and so i got to see them play kill everyone now and several other songs but kill everyone now is obviously the one that stands out so much um, and so that was my, my, one of my big stories wow, is, uh, that's great. And, that's and then Tom, great. and then Tom came back later. He tried to start playing and sitting down in a chair and he's like, Nope, gotta go. So then Tom left <laughs> oh, again. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It, what, weren't people smoking in there too? Uh, I can't remember if it was smoke or if it was just obscenely hot because the heat, oh, okay. the, the heat is what I remember the most. And okay. they had these really bright red lights on the stage so the band was just like cloaked in red light and so i think that it was just a mixture of like the late july unseasonably hot weather and then these like these grueling red stage lights and tom just he just kind of fell apart and everybody felt bad for him like nobody was mad or anything yeah yeah of course course not we were worried about him we're like oh my god is he okay and uh, so that that was kind of like a, a special standout moment and like the the history of no means no that I actually got to be a part of is seeing that's that great. happen. Yeah, mm. that's great. Wow, wow. Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Shit. Wow. So we've heard from you like what your entry point with one. I mean, I love one, but yeah, what a weird fucking entry point. But Seriously. now that you've now that you've had a lot more time, 10 years, something like that to bake on them. Do you have a favorite album or dare I even say a favorite song? Like, is there one you're pulling for reaching, if not the very end, like at least towards the final round of, uh, of the podcast. Um, my favorite, Have we already my, killed it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite is why do they call me Mr. Happy? And <clears throat> my favorite two songs are that are on there. Kill everyone now and the river. Um, oh. and so I'm really obsessed with the river because once again, back in my friend John's living room in Aldershot, United Kingdom, he one night put on the live DVD, uh, Would We Be Live? Oh, yeah, that's great. And the the performance in that of The River um, was so captivating that like I, I watched it over and over and over again, just that one song, like several times in a row. And I was just like, just so captivated by it. So seeing that DVD was a really huge thing for me. Um, and then that song has just kind of stuck with me forever. Um, I also really like the generic shame EP, um, sex's philosophy. That song is so good. I can hardly like I can hardly stand it. I just love that song <laughs> so much. The groove is so just like powerful to me. Um, and let's see the first one. And then I also really love the energy of uh, All Roads Lead to Ausfart. Um, I think that's a pretty special record too. So wow, the, look mm, at you! 
those are kind of my those are kind of my go tos um, whenever whenever I'm really in the mood for some. But whenever I want to get really weird with it, I put on the uh, Jello Biafra. Uh, I have a copy. <laughs> of, uh, I have a copy. Nice. Of Sky is falling, and I want my mommy on vinyl. And um, it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite records to put on whenever uh, I just want to. We gotta bust the house. Yeah, so we did one. We did kill one of your favorites right out the back. (laughs) (laughs) We just tossed it right out the window. But like, here's the thing. Like, I love the format of your show. Like, I don't like. I'm not. I know that a lot of people might be really worried about you guys like killing off songs or whatever. But I think that it's hilarious. Um, you're just all of our opinions, really. I mean, anybody could get a bunch of their friends and just you know jerk each other off and drink a few beers. Be like, I like it this way, or whatever. Exactly. It's it's just all opinion based. We're just having fun, really. Exactly. Like I make up my ratings. I like on our podcast we rank the we rate the song at the end, and like I Mm. literally just make it up on the fly. The other day we did a, an episode where i think i ranked a song a 1.77 out of five and i just like pulled that number <laughs> out of nowhere so yeah. i totally yeah. understand what you mean but i love your format about like killing off songs i think it's just i think it's very no means no because it has almost like that violent undertone like that darkness <laughs> of like killing something off that it really just works with the tone and the atmosphere of this band you know what oh, i mean man. kill every song now right i mean yeah. kill every song right now there. Right. That's I think that's good. That, that's the alternative title for the podcast. Kill every yeah. song now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll mm. certainly be the episode title when that one comes through. Now that, that <laughs> I shouldn't have yet. said that jerking off stuff that that doesn't happen. Actually, there's no jerking off. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Never. Nope. Well, you, you can only <clears throat> see me from the, <clears throat> from, the from the shoulders up, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like for everybody to know that all three members of this podcast can see my hands in the video. Right. All times right at all times. And you can't see any of ours. Nope. <laughs> Nope, by design. Oh, shit. You know, it's really interesting. You're talking about your. Uh, we when we talked to the um, the invasives, and they also kind of came to no means no in the latter period, right? Through mm-hmm. touring and uh, closer, mm-hmm. they're really close to the band. Which but it's really me. interesting how. Yeah, well, they're just they're younger though. That exactly, that's and it's interesting guys. how. No, there's not, there's though. kind not of this. Not, not that much. Well, they're, they're like ten years younger than we are. No. They're kids. They're little babies. I'm younger than you. Yeah. In any event. They, uh, I've lost my train of thought. No, I got it back. Sorry. So, no, no, no. So we do this to each other all the time. It's right. It's right in line. The, um, there's often this kind of false dichotomy that some it's real for some, and some not like the pre Andy era, post Andy era. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've got kill everyone now right in the middle, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. I think a lot of people who came to the band later, maybe because the songs were newer, or that was where the energy was. They got to see the band live then. And so those right. are the songs yeah, they yeah, got yeah. to see have a yep. real fondness for these later albums mm-hmm. that I won't say they get dismissed by older fans, but sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, that one's okay. But I haven't listened to it as much like house fart or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. They get really attached to it. So it's great. I always appreciate when we talk to people or we hear from people who, who really have an appreciation for that, for that later stuff, for those, mm-hmm. for those later uh, albums. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, like wonderful. the tour, the piece. you know, even Michelle on some of these, and I mean, all of us, but going like, oh yeah, I haven't really listened to the, this that one this much. Oh, so, I have what? both of I have both two EPs on vinyl. I, I own nice, them. Yeah. nice, yeah. And I, I always look at Discogs to see what all these things are selling for, and I was like, I have Oof. like seven hundred dollars worth of No Means yeah, No right. vinyl. Go <laughs> me. Yeah, you do, and just hang on to it. I hang on to it. Although I, I am, I it, we are blessed that AT is going to release a lot of this stuff. I'm hoping they get to release all of it and not just what yeah, was on their original catalog. Soon, but um, 
Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's the year. It's it's the year long vinyl backlog for pressing that's like roiling record labels right now, that no one can get their stock in because things are delayed a year. Um, Another one that I didn't even mention is Worldhood of the World. Man, the song "Humans." Jeez, I just like that. That record is so underrated. Um, Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm a big fan of Worldhood as well. I just like Tom Holliston a whole lot. So like, I I really love those records and like. You know, the, the recording quality changes and develops over the years as well. Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a 90s kid. So, like, yeah, yeah. that the sound of those 90s album productions sounds so much different than 80s album productions. So, like, that's <laughs> one of my things is, like, I get, like, I get into a certain kind of, like, engineering production side as well, where, like, my ear just gravitates towards certain kinds of recordings. So... Sure. That's just kind of my 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 draw to some of the later records as well. Is it's kind of like just the way my ear was trained to appreciate uh, punk rock, yeah. discovering mm. punk in the nineties. Interesting. Can I t- oh. can I tell you something? I know a big secret. I know a recording engineer that recorded a bunch of uh, oh, what was that band you said you liked, Greg? Uh, the the uh, religion, bad religion. Yeah, he yeah. Recorded bad religion and Anthrax, and he told me that those nineties and late eighties tapes they sound a little bit different. They're nicknamed Coke tapes. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were doing Coke. <laughs> no, he said this, and I believe him because he's the I shit. believe it, too. A lot of people were doing Coke, and it changed their hearing so that you get a lot of high end. Oh, oh that makes uh, a lot of sense. Yep, Interesting. Yep. Coke, Interesting. Coke tapes. Coke takes or Coke, Coke takes. Whereas so much early early Naomi Snow sounds like it's recorded in a toilet tank. It's a toilet hey, tank. Oh, it's a conscious choice, but it also yes. because it probably wasn't very far away from the toilet and the yeah, right, right, uh, right. insulation was not very good. It's having right. been to some of these places myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so your, your ears get a little weird when you're under the influence. Yeah, exactly. And in so basement. I want to, I, I want to hear and give you an opportunity to tell the No Means No listeners here, No Means Nothing podcast listeners who may not know about your podcast, or mm. some who may already be fans of Propa Propagandi, or those who aren't. Tell us a bit about your podcast and give us give us your kind of elevator pitch for Propagandi and what about them um, has attracted you so deeply to, to dive in and make a fan cast. Sure. I mean, so really quick, like I appreciate what you guys, what you all do here so much because like the format that you all have approached here for no means no thing for the, the bracket style of elimination over time is really fabulous and really interesting to me as somebody who makes a sort of similar style of podcast where like we talk about every single song. So I really like what you all do here because it's really unique in the song by song band podcast that I've heard. And people reach out to me because the Propaganda podcast is fortunately pretty well known at this point. And they're like, we want to do a podcast about this band Uh, but I don't know if we could do it like you do it. And then what I say is, okay, go listen to no means no thing where where I do. This is serious. Like I I really do this and I'll tell them, listen to the no means no thing podcast because they do a bracket style. Then go listen to the last believer good riddance podcast because they talk about three songs per episode, but they don't eliminate anything. They just talk about them. Then go listen to the Alkaline Trios podcast as you were because they talk about one song per episode, 
but they don't uh, go into tons and tons of depth. And then go listen to mine because we talk about one song per episode and we go into excruciating depth. So between these four podcasts that I just listed, we have four different styles of how to approach a band's catalog and discography. So Propagandy is my favorite band of all time. They're from, they currently are based in Winnipeg, Manitoba. But as Matthew mentioned earlier, they were, you know, their genesis is within Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, outside of Winnipeg. And they are a band who taught me a lot about the world and how to be curious and how to care about other people and how to care about ideas. So like from Propagandy, I would learn about things like uh, veganism and vegetarianism, uh, pro-feminism, uh, how to be, um, you know, gay positive, how to be animal friendly, anti-fascist, uh, things like that, and how to learn about history from a critical lens and how to explore the world, um, and to get all different sides of stories instead of the narrow, like narratives that are fed to us as young children about how the world is. So Propaganda is one of these bands that taught me sort of how to think and how to explore uh, ideas. And so that is what the band has done for me. And listeners out there will definitely know who they are. Um, Their records are How to Clean Everything, Less Talk, More Rock, uh, Today's Empires, Tomorrow's Ashes, Potemkin City Limits, Supporting Cast, Failed States, and Victory Lab. So they only have seven LPs, and so it's a very small discography. But within these songs, you have tons and tons of ideas like historical events about genocide and cops killing people um first nations land rights issues and things like that so we do a song by song podcast and on every episode we talk about a different song and on every episode we have a guest who comes on to talk about that song in particular and then we do a deep dive into the lyrical content the ideas presented therein we talk about the musical breakdown and the song structure and sometimes, like sometimes, our episodes have been longer than three hours. Um, Holy wow. shit! It's it's absurd. And as you can That's tell, great. like we're already like forty five minutes into this thing here tonight, and I could just talk about this kind of stuff forever. So um, <laughs> I research like intensely. Um, if if the song talks about like the Oka crisis and uh, Kanasatake uh, standoff and resistance in Oka, Quebec, I'm going to be researching that entire event and going to be presenting it in as thorough details I possibly can to the listeners who may not know anything about this extremely important indigenous land rights resistance that took place in Quebec in 1990. So I go really, really hard on the research aspect of it. And so, because that's what propaganda inspires within me. Right. You know what I mean? So they're the kind of band and propaganda are massive. No means no fans. You can find tons of online videos of, um, you know, the, the guitar player, uh, Beave from propaganda wearing a no means no with the wrong logo on the front of it. T-shirt playing live. You can find pictures of their bassist Todd wearing no means no shirts as well. They worship at the altar of no means no. Um, <laughs> and they know just how amazing this band is. So no means no is one of is propaganda is like one of their their idols in general 
And that's kind of like where the two stories overlap is because this band that I love so much loves the band that you all talk about so much. And so it's a, it's a really cyclical thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are two giants of Canadian punk and hardcore at this point. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really important and they overlap very seamlessly. And so I, I love the, the way that you all do your show and then I do my show in a certain way. And like I tell people about your show a lot, especially if they're trying to start a discography podcast, which is such an overwhelming project. And Jordan, I remember texting with you ages ago. Yeah, yeah. This was getting off to the ground. I was like, it was here, great. Here are my ideas. Blah, 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 blah. Here's well, what Greg, I learned. Greg, that was great. Just to get a little meta, that was fantastic. Yeah. Like right as we were starting up here, getting all those like supportive texts from yeah. you and, and messages that really gave me a lot of fuel. Like, oh, oh fuck, this is great. Like there's some I passionate obs- people out there who love the band. I was, was obsessed. Great. I was like, here's what I learned the hard way. Here's yeah. what you can think about. Let uh, me so know if you ever have any questions. Dude. Some people don't share that stuff. You're cool. No, hey, he was up, he, he like, was sharing you know, all sorts of fucking awesome. information. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank so you. It really meant a lot. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I'm really impressed. I mean, um, people don't know a lot. Don't, Canadians don't know a lot about Canadian history, and uh, I, I really like the fact that you would uh, yeah, dig into great. all that stuff. And I, I'm quite interested that an American would be. I mean, you spent some time in Canada, so maybe that's sort of how you came across pop propaganda and everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, just the fact that. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in Canada, uh, we have a little bit more tolerance for uh, for socialism and mm-hmm. people like propaganda oh, in um, would be uh, probably castigated or overlooked uh, because as as loonies or dangerous communists or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so have you found that it's uh, a, a different sort of experience kind of explaining them to because um, they're, they're not they're just intelligent um, socially conscious people. Yeah. Um, and tr- have you ever encountered any obstacles kind of, uh, selling them to selling them to people, I guess. I mean, so as you all know, with a niche show like this, um, people who are not obsessive about the band are very turned off by our podcast because it's so long. <laughs> um, right. So oftentimes, I don't know if we're really reaching those people um, right. because, like, and, but propaganda themselves uh, are openly critical, uh, almost to the point of hostility in the past, of um, critiquing the people who would show up at the shows who weren't interested in what the band was saying within the lyrics, but just wanted to mosh. So like, that's been an issue that they have bumped up against for their mm. entire career as a band. And so, you know, with the podcast, like I'd like to think that maybe I'm, you know, helping some people out and people have been very kind in their commentary about telling me like, Oh my gosh, it totally made me rethink this event and that event. And thank you so much. So we are receiving feedback like that where people are saying that, wow, I've never thought about it that way, which is the number one compliment that I could ever receive is that I'm helping people see why the band may have been so inspired by an event to write a song about it. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, this song's been out for 25 years. I can't believe I've never really put any more effort into thinking about it than this when I've been singing along in my car for all these years. (laughs) And you guys just said it in like a way that like made sense to me. Thank you so much. And I'm just like, man, that that's so kind of you to even spend time yeah. messaging well, me and telling me. And vivisecting and it, whatever. Great praise. You're opening so, it up. Song and, exploding. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a compulsive obsession for sure. It is a compulsion. Like I can't stop doing it, and like it, I've made many sacrifices in my personal life over the last year and change doing this show when I could have been doing many many other things. But like it's like a compulsion that is like just like I have to do it, or right. I I won't be as happy as a person. So it's just something that really wow. makes me happy right now. Nice. Hey, good for you. I and love that you I, mentioned the Oka Crisis specifically because um, I can't remember whether it's one of the albums that John Wright played on, but uh, DOA's uh, album Loggerheads, mm. uh, the album cover is a, it's a very, very famous image of a, a young um, Mohawk is it, fellow. He's uh, hold, is, it the, is it the no. O? Is it the face-to-face one? Yeah. Is it the, the soldier and, and, the, and the warrior face-to-face? That's right. that's right. Yeah, that's one of the most iconic images in Canadian history at this point, I think. Yeah, indeed. Mm. To me, it is at least. Mm. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I'm not sure whether John Wright was playing with them at that time, but he did play on a couple of DOA albums. So nice. there's, right, that, right. Oh, there's that overlap right there. I'm going to have to dig into that nice. too, because I, I love nice. DOA. Mm. So I know one of the things that's been really kind of befuddling and, and horrifying and amazing for us is that, um, you know, we've... Uh, we get to hear from Andy once in a while about, mm. about, you know, the background of the songs, which oh, is cool. you know, a, a great thing. Have you, um, have you gotten to speak with any of the members of Propagandi? Have you, are you in contact with them at all? What's the relationship there? Yes, I am. They're extremely supportive of That's the great. podcast. Uh, they know all about it. They've known about it since day one and all of them have appeared on the podcast as That's guests. Great. Except for John K. Sampson, who went on mm. to sing in the Weaker Thans, he declined, which is totally fine. That's totally his right to do. He's like, I've said everything I need to say about propaganda at this point in my life. I'm moving on to other things. Good luck, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is great. And so um, I went and got the singer of John K. Sampson's high school band to be on the podcast instead. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah so oh, funny. yeah so chris Hanna, the singer from propaganda has been on the podcast two times he was on episode six and episode 60 we had the, the most recent one yeah 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 um we had the bassist todd kowalski on for episode number 26 um we had sue lynn hago their um second guitar player has been on the show i think four times now um their other second guitar player who was in the band from 2000 and six to about 2014, David Gillis. He's been on the podcast now f- another four times. And then George Samaleski, the German from Propaganda, was on episode number 51. And Jesus he, Christ, listen to you. And he was on, for, we, I interviewed him for like 90 minutes. So, I mean, I have had sustained direct contact with this band so many times now. And it's like just a thrill every single time. That's so great. how do you not sound like Chris Farley? I mean, do you ever catch your catch yourself like just freaking out? Trying not to geek out and be like, "Hey, <laughs> well, hey." I mean, so hey, here's hey, a, hey. at this point I like I like your band. Yeah, and, <laughs> at, this, <laughs> at this point at this point no, fortunately. And I've been interviewing people for a long time cuz I had another podcast. I have another podcast um which is an academic show where I interview professors about their books. Um, so I had a, I've had some, I've had Pulitzer Prize winners on that show. I've had, uh, celebrity chefs on that show. Like I've had some like super awesome people on that show. So 
I had hundreds of hours of interviewing experience under my belt with some exceptionally famous people. Oh, okay. Be- so you can go kind of compartmentalize. Totally. And, and to me, yeah. and to me, all these people are just people and they have life stories to share. Mm-hmm, and I see mm-hmm. my role as capturing those stories and putting them down on tape for whoever wishes to consume them. So like, I almost, mm-hmm. I almost just see it as like almost like an oral history project. And like, fortunately, I'm really not afraid to talk to anybody. And I really like people and I really love life stories in general so that's kind of like why i was able to i did have the first time i interviewed chris hannah i was freaking out a little bit and you can hear it in my voice in the first like three (laughs) or four minutes but then i settled down and i was like oh he's a guy with life stories he puts his pants on the same way you do exactly exactly and i just love his art and i love artists and i love creativity and i love making stuff and this Mm -hmm. is just kind of like my way of putting creativity into the world because i'm not going to record songs and i'm not going to write novels and i'm not going to you know like do things like that so this is like the thing that helps me stay creative keep my brain ticking and i've just been fortunate enough that the band thinks that we're doing an okay job and they keep coming back on the show Nice. Oh, wicked. That's, that's great, cool. man. That's great. Well, I mean, I huge congratulations on what's, it. What's tell me about Andy though? Like, oh my gosh. Well, so I mean, as 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 listeners will know, we now at the end of every episode have this um segment called Andy's Corrections, where mm. he's been he's been listening to the pod and then sending us in notes um about the songs that he that he was involved in, right? So about kind of behind the scenes uh, uh views and tidbits that awesome. are just absolutely golden. <laughs> Some of the yeah. best stuff. And you know, we all of us in one way or another knew Andy a little bit before the podcast. He's just one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting yeah, in my life. So, so it's been a, a genuine thrill to have him listening to the podcast and then yeah. helping to contribute a bit has been fantastic. Absolutely I love, fantastic. I yeah. love his Instagram as well. Cause he always posts those street yeah. scenes in like Amsterdam and I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, this dude yeah. is yeah. like, can, I, I, yeah. Makes you want to go there really bad. Doesn't this it? Yeah. dude's living his, his peak life right now. He's, he's oh, doing yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful yeah. place, Jesus. Yep, I know. Well, Can't imagine Matthew, Michelle, you have any other questions for Greg before we before we wrap this up? Uh, I got to go back and listen to the Scott Sex episode. <laughs> we, yeah. we did we did what? we, we did two episodes we did two episodes on ska sucks so make sure you listen to the the second one it's called the bonus it's called the ska sucks bonus episode extravaganza because we we i interviewed the band from winnipeg called whole lot of milka who was a ska oh, yeah, yeah. band i interviewed whole lot of milka because they wrote the rebuttal to ska sucks and they put out the oh rebuttal to that song God. as a That's ska great. song and That's so I great. had them. I had them on the podcast to talk about their rebuttal song to Chris Hanna oh, in, the, uh, in the late nineties. That's funny. Oh, That's funny. A whole lot of Elko, of course, is a kids in the hall reference. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they were great. I had Jeff. Uh, and Greg from Whole Lot of Milk on the podcast, and it was just a ton of fun tracking down these guys who put out a record like 23 years ago that critiqued Chris Hanna from Propagandy. I mean, it's just too funny if you think about it. Like they're like, "You want us to be on your podcast? This happened like <laughs> 23 years ago." <laughs> so I just love That's stuff so like great. that. Awesome. That's well, so great. Hi, I, I was wondering um, how many times you've been to Winnipeg. Zero yet. <gasps> However, yet. I yeah. have a ticket to Propagandy's October 9th, 2021 show at the Park Theater in Winnipeg. 
one nice. month from tomorrow. So nice. very like oh, one of the very tiny little uh, little section of time where uh, Winnipeg is actually kind of pleasant. I <laughs> might, I might be, I, and I don't think anything is for real until it's happening in front of me. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah of course. At this point in the world, but like in theory, I will be in Winnipeg uh, in about a month, seeing propaganda on their home turf. So Lovely. we'll see how it goes. Lovely. Fantastic. Well, in my my opinion of Winnipeg, I actually love Winnipeg. It's 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 not a it's not a beautiful place, but it's uh, it's got a lot of heart. And I think uh, because it's so far away from uh, most Canadian places, that it, it the talent kind of doesn't drain away to other places as fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, a whole lot of Milka and, and propaganda. Like they probably wouldn't have been. I didn't listen to the podcast, but I probably wouldn't have been fully bad blood. Uh, there weren't a lot of you know turf wars or anything like that. People just you know, it's fucking cold. Um, there's a, a artist <laughs> named Venetian Snares. Um, his album is it's called uh, Winnipeg is a frozen frozen shithole. It's true. Oh, I, um, I know about this one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people just sort of hold up in their basements um, without a lot to do outside, and you know, smoke cigarettes, drink beer and make make music and they're probably still doing that and uh we thank you guys you winnipeggers for it because uh yeah, yeah i think it's one of the most uh canadian of canadian places so well heart, <laughs> heartbeat of the country for we've i've had so many guests from winnipeg on the podcast as well um because people in winnipeg are very protective of propaganda because it's such a special band from that town and so a lot of people maybe were a little skeptical that we were doing this show and like we had to like kind of earn some, you know, respect over time, I think. But everybody from Winnipeg that's reached out to us has been so cool. And Winnipeg Free Press even put us on the cover of their arts and life section. Wow. Um, wow. Like the the Winnipeg. <laughs> that's main, amazing. The, new, the main newspaper put my co-host and I like they did it, uh, an interview with us and they wrote an article about the podcast that they put in. The that's newspaper. great. So, Fantastic. like, Winnipeg has been so cool to <laughs> my co-hosts and I because they yeah. put us in the newspaper. Um, and That's the, great. the band didn't know the article was happening in the newspaper and until uh, George's mom... So George, the drummer from Propaganda, his mom texted him and Chris. <laughs> she said, did you know that you all are on the front cover of the arts and life section? And they, so they went down nice. to the store, they got the newspaper and they opened it up and like these two dinguses from the U.S. are like, <laughs> their, picture, their pictures are like Dingus? right next to mine. And so they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, so Winnipeg has been like, so cool to us so cool so like it would thrill me it, nothing would thrill me more than to be able to have this trip actually happen um if yeah, the world I hope it does i yeah. know yeah me I too know. man me so, too so you know well, it's, it's been crossed. it's been really cool it's been really really our, cool our borders that's are open great. to fully vaccinated travelers now so hopefully i am we'll, yes yeah, i am excellent. and that's I, and i got to do the pcr test and yeah, yeah. just make sure my plan is to drive to Toronto from Buffalo and fly from Buffalo. So or fly from Toronto. So do a land crossing at the, uh, at the Lewiston nice. Queenston bridge in like Ni- Niagara County in the yeah. Southern Ontario, mm-hmm. drive up and park at Toronto airport and then take a direct from Toronto to Winnipeg. Cause it's only like an hour and a half flight. Um, yeah. and if I fly from Buffalo, I'll have three layovers and it'll take me 14 hours to get there. Blah. So Blah. it's like, yeah. a, Holy crap. it's absurd because you have no. two, two small market airports like Buffalo and Winnipeg. And then it's a disaster of connections. Yeah. 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 Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Toronto's a big right place. Thing. Yeah. Well, Greg, 
we are thrilled that you came on the pod. Thank you. You've been an amazing listener interview. This has been fucking great. Thank you. And I hope that everybody goes and checks out your podcast. I know it's available on all the places, as far as I yeah. can tell, right? Like, go find a podcast, whatever you're listening to this podcast in. Unscripted Moments is going to be right there. So yep. find it. Dig into it. Start at the beginning. Yep. Listen to that shit, because it's really fucking good. Uh, and if you haven't heard Propaganda... Yeah, if you haven't heard Brock Propaganda, then look them up too. I actually had, uh, I don't know much of their latter day stuff at all, and I'm going to go and dig into that myself. So and it's certainly far easier, it's certainly far more accessible, easier to find than No Means No. So you shouldn't have a problem <laughs> finding it. Yeah, in and if you places. think they suck the first time you hear them, yeah, go find meet someone to sit you down them. to listen Woo! to the whole fucking Shove them down your catalog. Throat. Say, uh, exactly. What the fuck are you thinking, mate? Exactly. I love that. That, that. that ties us all the way back to my first story. It's so yeah, good. Exactly. I love so, the show. Exactly. Which, yeah, which, which Propaganda album would be the the one uh, that might turn off a young listener <laughs> that, would, that would turn someone off yeah, like, what's you their were, one? like you were what's turned off one? by one so i are think are you gonna get in trouble he's gonna get in trouble come on so here so here's the thing uh-oh. so uh-oh. i think that if somebody were to hear there's two records that i don't think somebody should start with i do not think somebody should start with potemkin city limits and i do not think somebody should start with failed states but I think that if you listen to any other one first, you will be okay. Um, actually, I take that back. I'm going to add one more to the don't start with list, and that was probably today's Empire's Tomorrow's Ashes. I think that if you're going to start, you should start with their classic debut, How to Clean Everything, um, which is my least favorite propaganda record, which gets me in big trouble. Um <laughs> Listen to How to Clean Everything, Less Talk, More Rock, uh, Supporting Cast, and Victory Lap. So those are the four that I think that people could start with as a really good entry point. But if you start with the the newest record, Victory Lap, you're going to get a really wide range of their metal-influenced years and their very like 90s skate-punky years in a perfect package that mixes together all 30 years of their sound into a record. So their newest record is extremely accessible for new listeners and it mixes all 30 years of their career into a really, really nicely rounded sound. That's great. That's great. I'm absolutely envious that your favorite band of all time still exists and that you get to go see them uh, play. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, that that is not something we, yeah, fingers crossed, not something we get to say, but man, it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast and thank you for agreeing to this. And again, thank you for reaching out so early in our podcast and being a booster, man. That was, that was real great. You know what? Appreciate it. My philosophy on podcasts for niche things like this is, is this, we all do better when we all do better. Exactly. Here, here. Nice. And on that note, thank you everybody for listening. And this will be dropping on an off week, I'm sure. So we will catch you next time when we uh, take on four more songs. But thanks, everybody. And thanks again to Greg for showing up. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, everybody.